Uh, guys, we're just going to have a little bit of family time to get to know our new shepherd a little bit. Uh, Austin, thank you for being with us this weekend. Thank you for two amazing sermons uh, so far on the love of God. I found them uh, to stretch my thinking on the complexity and the profundity of God's love. And also, I found them a very great comfort to my heart uh, in understanding who my God is and uh, just how loving he is. So thank you for being here, and we just want to get to know you a little bit better. Is that okay? Thank you, Chris, for having me. It's my, it's my joy. We love, we love you yeah, and Linda and the boys, and we don't want you to leave. So we've prepared a special offer. <laughs> Please don't go. Uh, you know I would love to stay, but, uh, you know, we're so... Then you can stay. All <laughs> <laughs> email San Jose. You know, uh, as, as kind of my last thing as shepherd, okay. you know, it's to set GOC up for the future. And, you know, I love this ministry. I want to see it thrive and flourish in the future. And so the last thing really was to set it up for the future, give them a shepherd that will take care of them and continue the work that we've, we've done and I think I did pretty good. Yes? Well, I'll tell you this. Forget the new guy. Uh, I just think you've done pretty good. I mean, you've, you've just been awesome. Your faithfulness to this ministry is evident. I spent all day talking to small groups, and uh, everybody loves you. They're grateful for your ministry. Uh, one uh, girl said uh, she was not sure about GOC, uh, her roommate invited her, and when she had a conversation with you, she decided to stay. So you've just been a really faithful shepherd, and you've led a lot of students to Christ, and you've been a huge encouragement to uh, to them, and they, they have a genuine affection for you because uh, you're an effective and faithful shepherd. And so it's been an awesome weekend just to see some of the fruit of what what. Chris's time has been here, and, and Chris would be the first to say that it's not him that's, that's done that, but that's just false humility. So, no, he would, he would say it because he is a humble man and a godly man, and, and he knows how much of the work he shares with the faithful staff that's here and these superb small group leaders. And, you know, I'm not new to GOC. I've, Chris and I have been, Chris has been in Crossroads longer than me, but as long as he's been at at UCLA, I've been in college ministry at Grace, and, and we've, we've worked really closely together for the first few years, and then we've been in touch constantly throughout, so there's nothing that surprised me this weekend. This isn't my first GOC retreat. Uh, some people have asked me that, like, is there anything surprised you? But I already knew that GOC was a well-oiled machine. I wasn't surprised or thrown off by all the ear microphones and clipboards and... <laughs> Uh, some of the complexities of details had escaped me. Like I had no idea that the ride thing was organized down to the seat. That's next level. So that was a little intimidating for me because there's nothing in my entire life that has that level of organization. When we did, when, when we did the introduction to the game on the slides. Yeah, I was and out. The, uh, I was out moving, on the whole that, thing, yeah. That was your true introduction to GOC. Yeah. So there are some things that are organized yet not organized. No, I'm kidding. So, no, it worked. They, they all went out and they figured it out. So that was, 
But I mean, you're an intellectual group, so that that's probably more says to your IQ than anything else. So, okay. no. So anyway, this, some of those things, I'm I'm just like, boy, I really got to be careful not to break any of this stuff, because I touch things and they get unorganized. <laughs> so I'm I'm just gonna be really careful not to step on an Excel sheet or something. <laughs> Can you step on them? Are they a physical thing? We'll, we'll let A-Team handle yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You I'm don't need to worry you. about that. I'm just going to be a spiritual encouragement to their souls. That's what we want to talk about. We're going to talk about you and how the Lord's put you together and what kind of shepherd they're going to have uh, starting, uh, starting this weekend. Uh, so you, Austin, okay. are not from California. You are from a faraway land. Give us some... The land of Oz. <laughs> give us just a few snapshots of life growing up in New Mexico, and yeah. bridge that over into how did you end up here? So I taught high school chemistry in New Mexico until I was diagnosed with a threatening illness, <laughs> and then to raise money for my family. The godliest ones are not laughing right now. <laughs> that was a test. That was a test. I read about it on Wikipedia. <laughs> So New Mexico is famous for, for godless and profane television shows and for, uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so I've, I, I don't have a ton of New Mexico connections anymore. Uh, my parents live there. Marilee's parents live there. Uh, Marilee has one sister there. We both have one sister that lives in California. One sister each. We're not, we're not in the same family in that, in that way. We are in this, you know what I mean. So... Um, I can't remember the question anymore. I got so distracted by my attempt at comedy that I... Anyway, yeah, I'm from New Mexico to answer Chris's question. Okay, so how, question. Did you, how did you end up here? So how did you end up at Grace Church? Yeah, so I've been at you, Grace yeah. now for almost 15 years. So I've been out here for a long time. All our kids were born uh, in L.A. And so this is life as we know it. I was married for six months before we moved to California to go to seminary. So California is our home. We're, we're, we're used to it big time. And Grace has been our church for all this time. And so when we moved out here, it was to go to seminary. And we were newlyweds. And I worked in the outreach department. I got a job doing that because I'd done that at my, my old church. I'd been a youth pastor at a church before I came to seminary for almost eight years. And I, I did that there and had a, had a wonderful and fruitful ministry. Uh, at that church, a little church. I grew up at a giant church in New Mexico. It's where I heard the gospel. And uh, where I first started to grow in my faith, where I first kind of felt the call to ministry and a desire to serve the Lord when I was in high school. So it's the first, first time I started preaching was when I was probably 16 at that church. So, yeah, it's, I, I've, I'm, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened. I came to go to seminary. I had a strong desire to serve the Lord. I'd already worked in pastoral ministry. I'd been a youth pastor, but I wanted to, I needed precision. I needed training. I needed to go to seminary. So seminary was really good for me. And that's where I got uh, involved at, at Grace, first in the outreach department. And then they, they sent me to the basement to work with the junior hires for a year. And then I was the high school pastor for four years. And then I've been in Crossroads for however long. How long have we been doing this? Uh, we've been doing Seven eight or eight years. Eight, yeah. So the, the plan was to go to seminary and leave when you graduate. That's how that normally works. But I failed that plan. 
And I just got sucked into ministry of grace. In a blessed way, sucked is a strong word. Uh, sucked into. It's a positive sucking. So, <laughs> this is, the wheels just fell off. It's because we started with the meth. It was the wrong place to start. And I blame you as the questioner. I blame so, your state. New it Mexico. is New Mexico's yeah. fault. Poor New Mexico. Okay, so junior high pastor. Cerca de California. (laughs) Lejos de Dios. Uh, What are we talking about? So, yeah, so so that was was a great church. We've served together for eight (laughs) years. Uh, I have learned that you are a very, very eclectic man. I have not met anyone with more diverse interests than you. (laughs) So I want you to talk about some of them. Let Let me just list off some that I've learned throughout our friendship. Okay. Austin is into American history, church history. I do like history. I do like church history. Baseball. Woo! Urban. I, I, I'm a student of baseball. Chicken farming. I'm an urban chicken farmer. Facial <laughs> hair and the art of shaving. I have a beard. Grilling and smoking meat. Pencils. The Boston Celtics. Coffee. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. Don't, don't boo the Boston Celtics. Okay. Uh, the L.A. foodie scene, landscaping. I'm not an elite yelper. And playing the harmonica. So this is uh, kind of Austin's interests in a nutshell. So pick pick a few from that list and elaborate. Give us a little bit about what, what interests What do you, you. want to hear about? Which one do you guys want? Baseball. So I admire baseball. Okay. I Most believe of us in, don't so want I didn't it, but yeah, grow, So I'll it. do this one quick. I didn't grow up playing baseball. I think I played t-ball when I was really little. Uh, there was a minor league team in Albuquerque called the Albuquerque Dukes. They were the farm team for the Dodgers. So that's where my affiliation with the Dodgers began. Uh, may all you Bay Area fans enjoy your season. Uh, and <laughs> so, uh, so I got into baseball when I moved out to L.A. more. And we lived in North Hollywood. It wasn't that many minutes to get to Dodger Stadium. You could get like a cheap ticket from a scalper. Uh, and so I started doing that. And just I, because I'm a, a, a nerd, maybe some of us have that in common. Uh, not all of us, but some of us. I started reading books about baseball. Very nerdy. Uh, but there's a whole field of literature surrounding baseball. Books like Moneyball or... Um, can't think of any other ones. Pretty much the only one you may have heard no, of. No, no. There's yeah, a, so there's there's a there's a lot of great historical nonfiction books about uh, baseball. So anyway, I started reading about baseball, learning more about baseball. Baseball's a really intelligent game. It seems slow to the average observer. Ting ting, did I offend you? Okay. He's more of a basketball guy. He is. He's, he's yeah. He's just it, you. You notice when he leaves a room because. He's eight feet tall. So, so anyway, yeah, baseball. I like baseball. I'm interested in baseball. It's chess at 90 miles an hour. Anybody like baseball? Raise your hand if you like baseball. Okay, yeah. So not, not a majority. <laughs> Pick it up. How, about, how about chess? You like chess? <laughs> no, no one's willing to admit it. Nobody likes yeah, chess. All right, pick another one. Talk about something yeah, what else. Yeah, what, what else should I talk about? Pencils. Let's talk about pencils. So MacArthur got me into fountain pens, which is an expensive habit. And so I was kind of into that, but I do something that maybe will resonate with some of you. I make mistakes. 
So Mac just doesn't understand. So more, normal mortals make mistakes. So that was what was frustrating about a fountain pen. Uh, and then I found out that there was like a resurgence of a pencil culture. Uh, this little store in New York City called CW Pencils. Or artists may know about that if there's, like there's art majors in here. Uh, what do we have, one of those? Uh, Rachel, good job. So, <laughs> there, so, so I got into like nerdy pencils. Uh, there's a company called Blackwing uh, that was John Steinbeck's, Stein, Steinbeck's, uh, Steinbeck's favorite <laughs> conflation of worlds, uh, favorite pencil, and they sell on eBay for 40 bucks a pencil. I've never bought one because I'm a Christian and, <laughs> and a pastor. <laughs> so, uh, but they restarted the company. Somebody restarted the company, and they, they make a new version of the Blackwing pencil. It's, a, uh, it's cool. So, yeah, I'm a pencil nerd. I got some pencils in my room if you want to see them. All right, one more. What else like you guys want to hear about? Deal. Yeah. Urban chicken, chicken farming. Yeah, talk about the chickens. I moved into a house in Shadow Hills around the time that I started Crossroads, so I live like six minutes from church, seven minutes, depending on what laws I'm following. And was that shocking to you? Really? Uh, so, <laughs> so I live close, and there was a chicken coop in the backyard. And so I just thought, what's a chicken coop for? Chickens. So I've, I've been raising chickens these eight years. I've gone through a lot of different flocks. I don't eat them for meat, to answer the common questions. They're laying hens, and so I raise them for eggs, and we eat a lot of eggs Yeah, at the Duncan house, whether our kids like it or not, just because we have eggs, lots of eggs. So I've raised different kinds of chickens, flocks. I've killed lots of chickens uh, when you have to purge the flock for various reasons. This is not going to relate to shepherding at GOC. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, it's good Q&A. <laughs> Any other topics you're interested? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a smoked meat aficionado. It's better than, than being a smoked cigarette aficionado. So I like smoking meat. Uh, they, in California, barbecuing is when you make hot dogs. Uh, it's not barbecuing, uh, technically. So barbecue is low temperature over a long period of time, low and slow. So I took a class uh, when I turned 30. My wife sent me to barbecue school. And again, nerdy. So I learned from a pit master how to smoke meat. And so You've I'm, also I'm read books that. on it? I've, oh, yeah, yeah, lots of books mm -hmm. on barbecue. Yeah, And I've been to some of the famous barbecue places around the country. Uh, if I get invited to preach somewhere and it's a place that, I ha that there's uh, like a barbecue restaurant I haven't tried, I will accept that invitation <laughs> for the glory of the Lord and the good of his people, and so that I can try that barbecue place. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, mm. if you're ever uh, fortunate enough to hang out at the Duncan's place, you can see the chickens, yep. smoke them some meat. Yeah, we're going straight after yep. retreat. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, okay, if you have other questions about other of those things, then, then ask Austin later. Um, but I want to transition a little bit to talking about GOC now. Okay. Uh, you and I have sat down to talk about GOC in the past couple of weeks for multiple hours and I haven't mentioned this to you before but I have known you for eight years and I would say that in those conversations talking about GOC I have never seen you more excited in the almost decade that we've been together uh, your heart is clearly here you are clearly 
eager to jump in as shepherd. And so I'm wondering because you, you've been a part of this ministry the whole time. Yeah. You've been our pastor. You've spoken at retreats. You've done men's retreats. You've done Q&As with us. What was so compelling to you about coming here as the shepherd, to dive yeah. full in as a shepherd? What, what excites you most as you look forward to, to being the shepherd yeah. here? That's a great question, Chris. That's your finest question. So... That's a great question. I, I think it's a combination of things. One, there was a need. Chris is leaving. So I wasn't like, you know, looking over his shoulder the last few years like, I'm going to get that. Uh, so it wasn't like a greedy thing. Um, and I think, honestly, it was just something the Lord put in my heart so that as we talked about what to do at UCLA, you know, that's not entirely true, though, because I knew that... You know, I, I guess I'm always ready if a Bible study needs me. And I've spoken at all the different Bible studies. And, you know, we've had guys leave quickly and there wasn't somebody to take over. And so we've thought about that option before. But with this one, I just, I really love what the Lord is doing here. I think working with you on your D-Min project, uh, D-Min, Doctor of Ministry, not D-Min, Headspin. But... Uh, I think reading that project and thinking about some of the emphases that you have made and advances that this ministry has made in evangelism, both in uh, cold contact and relational evangelism, that really appeals to me. Uh, so I think that was one of the things that ignited my heart. I think just the lack of students in my life, I miss students. So this weekend has been really fun. I, I, I'm so sad that my family's not here to enjoy this because they would be having a blast uh, but I've been having a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed spending the day with small groups. I, I just, I've been hanging out with seminarians way too much, and it's it's just not as fun. So I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in you guys' lives. Uh, I'm excited about the the place you are in your Christian life. I'm, I'm I'm zealous for the opportunity. I was talking to some guys at dinner. I'm zealous for the opportunity that you have to be a witness on your campus. It's an irreplaceable moment. That, that you have right now, where you can develop intentionally meaningful relationships with unbelievers in an exponential way. And so I just want to be a part of what God's doing here. And I don't think I'm going to be the most formative spiritual influence in your life. I think that's going to be people like your small group leaders, the staff here. Uh, but I, I just want to be a help to you, a shepherd to you, I want to I want to preach. I want to pray for you. I want to get to know as many of you as I can, which is 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 proving challenging. But I'm learning some names. Most of you are named Joshua. I found. <laughs> so I don't know what it was with your parents' generation and the Joshua and Caleb thing, but like, did they read the rest of the Bible? So just just a thought, an observation. So talk about a lot of Joyce Lees too. Did you notice that? Many Joyce Lees. So yes. many Joyce yeah. Lees. So girls, if I call you Joyce Lee, just know that I'm trying. Just taking a stab at it. Statistics. Yeah. You know. yeah. So talk about next year a little bit. Talk about your yeah. So life, what's it look like? No, I got it. Yeah. So you're you're most still the crossroads question. pastor. Yeah, yeah, that was the most common question. Which I never even that never crossed my mind that I would quit my job to Shepherd GOC because I have to still buy groceries. So I need to stay employed and, and I'm the college pastor at Grace, so I'm gonna keep doing that. 
Uh, and then I'm going to add this. So I've been planting a church in Texas uh, over the last few months. Longer story. Uh, we're part of a team. We're doing this. It's MacArthur's fault. I don't want to talk about it. So I'm going to do less of that. I was, I was flying to Texas. That's why I'm missing from Crossroads sometimes and helping get this little church started uh, right in the heart of Texas and yeehaw. So I'm going to do a lot less of that. Uh, and so I, like I, I went last summer quite a few times. I'm not going at all this summer. And so I'm going to do less of that. There's other places in my life where I think I can make some, some margins just to ha- have more time. And, and, and I think I'm, I don't think it takes me as long to write a sermon as it used to. So there's just things in my life that I think I can, I can pull off. And, and so what it's, I think what it's going to look like is I think Fridays will be my big GOC day. And I'm going to come down uh, during, in the morning, kind of late morning after traffic is calmate. And, and then I'm going to just kind of keep out office hours in Westwood. I have an office there uh, at a place called Profeta. It's a coffee shop that I like. Was that on the list of, of coffee snob? That's one of my things, yeah. So there's a coffee shop I like, and I'll just hang out there in the afternoon. If anybody needs to talk to me, uh, I'll be there, like me and a hobo. So you can talk to me or the hobo. And so if you need me, I'll be there. Uh, I'm, I'm on all the social media things, so you can send me messages on that. I don't answer as fast as you do, and that's, that's a good thing about me. So, uh, but I'll eventually find that message and, and answer you. Uh, I have Facebook, which I think is over. I think Facebook is over. It's not over? Okay, good. Yeah, there's a GOC page that's quite you active. You have Facebook messaging? I do, yeah. Right, yeah. And I have Instagram, have to all and I have the Twitter. So Instagram's mostly for moms, uh, nice moms. Twitter's for mean, angry people, and, and Facebook's for the masses. So I'm available on all of these things. So you don't have to send me a message to meet up with me. I'll just be there on Fridays. I'll try to do dorm dinner once a month, that kind of thing. And then we have other stuff that we do. So like uh, the big welcome week stuff, we got a ton of stuff to do. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm not going to be the star of the show, the, the staff, the small group leaders. I just want to facilitate ministry and, and try, to, try to do a good job teaching the Bible. I already know what I want to teach. So Chris and I have talked about this. I want to finish the book of Romans. So I'm going to do that when you're not here. Uh, so 60 of you can say woo. The rest of you can't. Uh, so I'll do that at session C. So me, Metting, David, we're all going to kind of take turns finishing the book of Romans big picture fast because he left us off at like a really exciting part. I left, so, the, I left the easy part for you. Yeah, like, yeah. I, Romans I, 9 I, through I 11 took, is totally easy. I, t- so. I took the hard part. No. Nothing will separate us. And I left no. you the easy part of... <laughs> Esau, I have hated. Yeah, no, you know, so that's uh, that's where you get. We're going for it. Yeah. So I'll do that during the session C, and then in the fall I want to teach on the life of Abraham. So we'll go through starting in Genesis 12 and and see how far we go. So just something I've always wanted to teach and never have. So just new stuff. I don't do a lot of old sermons because my notes are recycled. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, your love for the Old Testament and your deep study in it is going to challenge I like the whole Bible, for the yeah. record, right, right, the right. whole thing. <laughs> yeah. J.C. Ryle says it takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian, and I believe there that. it is. Yeah. Uh, when you announced last Friday that you'd be the new shepherd, uh, yeah. you said that you wanted to make sure that GOC was taken care of in three different ways. You, you mentioned continuity, 
okay. we're going to continue on in, in many of the ministries. Yeah, that not trying doing. to shut down the right trying to blow it program. up or anything. No. Yep. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah. I like GOC. I uh, don't want to break it. You mentioned care. You know, you really want this ministry to be cared for. That's what shepherds do. Minister yep. to. Care. And the third one was intriguing to me. Uh -oh. This is the one that was the most interesting. And it was. Consternation. <laughs> it caused me some. But it was challenging. <laughs> oh, challenging. You want to challenge yeah. GOC. So yeah. you mentioned that briefly and broadly. Can you get a little bit more specific? What You've seen this ministry. We've talked a ton uh, you're now thinking, as the shepherd, what do you want to challenge yeah. this ministry in specifically? Yeah, I don't think I have, like, a list of things that I'm like, this has got to change. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't thought that way about it. I've just thought I, I want to – it's what the New Testament calls excel still more. So I think part of it was reading your, your dissertation and, and thinking, this is awesome, and I think we can keep building on that. I love how much increase we've seen in the last few semesters of people involved in evangelism. Okay, we're gonna have to say quarters now. Yeah, yeah, sorry. quarters. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I'm learning. I'm yeah, learning. He's learning. Two four two veteran. So, <laughs> just so much verbiage. You you're, know, you're gonna end up at someone's apartment that's not Geo Sears. I know. If you go I there. Four two four. There you go. Is it four two four? Okay. There you go. And just knock 242 on, is my locker yeah. combination. <laughs> really just lost. Just go to 424, knock on any door, it'll yeah. probably be a GOC. Yeah. You'll, they'll saying. let you in. Just wander Veteran Avenue. So, so yeah, I don't think there's, there's things that I'm, I'm, I'm already having in my mind. Like, we got to call that out. We got to fix that. I think, it's, I think it's Excel still more. I'd love to see more evangelism on campus to strangers. I'd love to see more... Uh, uh, attempts at having meaningful relationships with unbelievers. I'd love to see more involvement in our church, more uh, service uh, to one another. So just, just that's what I mean by challenge. I, I want to keep, I'm not looking to flip things. I'm looking to continue to excel still more. So that's what I mean by, by challenge. I don't, I don't have things in my mind that's like obvious glaring problems at GOC. I'm sure there are some, I just haven't seen them yet. All right, last question. Give us a, give us a snippet of, of your shepherding of us. So I'm going to put you in a, a hypothetical scenario here. You Wow. You make it about him. Okay. You are No, don't make it about him. <laughs> He's got problems, so he needs it. No, no, no. I wasn't pointing at anyone. Me too, brother. Okay, so you're in in an elevator with a geoseer. And elevator gets stuck for where? Where are we? <laughs> You're in four two four veteran. I bet the elevator there's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. Take the stairs. Okay. You have five minutes. That was like unanimous. They said four two four. Four two four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot so of. So I have five series. minutes. Have five minutes to tell everything you want to say about life to a college student. So you have five minutes. Okay. What do you hit on in those five minutes? You know, so you've you've been in college ministry. You, you Crossroads is college and young adult, so you've seen yeah. people graduate, pitfalls that they've fallen into, things that they've done well. So you just have a five-minute speech to a college student. Yeah. What topics do you hit on? What do you want to encourage them most with? I mean, there's things that I always emphasize in in ministry, things that that appeal to me. But if I if I had five minutes with a college student, it would probably sound like I've sounded, those of you who I've talked to today, I would probably spend four minutes asking you questions. 
just about your life and about who you are. I don't think there's like a Tupperware that I can sell to all of you. Uh, that I mean, you guys are different. You're diverse. You're you have different. You're wired different ways. You have different concerns. You have different problems, different struggles, different joys. So I think I would spend four minutes talking to you and asking you about your life and your background and. And that's been the, the most fascinating part of this weekend is to hear how many of you came from non-Christian homes or how many of you uh, actually started coming to GOC because of the quarter cookout. Just like really cool stories of God's involvement and providence in your life bringing you to where you are. And then if you asked me for advice about something, uh, I would be happy to tell you. So I don't, I don't know that I have like a, like a set speech that I would give to every college student everywhere. Uh, there are things I emphasize, though. I think I, I emphasize things like um, the importance of, of your Bible. You know, I think I would want you to have a good relationship with your English Bible. Um, for those of you who are, you know, fascinated to learn Greek, I would encourage you to just read the Bible in your favorite language first and get to know it well, to learn to master your English Bible. I think that way, I mean, coming to me for all your problems is a very short-term solution because of heart disease. So I think it's better to, to go to the source, uh, talk, to, talk to God. And I, I want to, it's one of the things I'd like to do. I want to equip you. It's one of the things Chris has tried to do is, is equip you to study the word and, and to look to the scriptures to, to find what you need for your life. Um, and then I think I would emphasize the local church. I just want to show you this. Well, you got, yeah, I have that yeah. written in the cover of my Bible, yeah. too. I got this from you. Yeah. That talk, Bible? Talk about or this a little bit. No, no, so no. I, 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 always tell, I always tell guys, one thing I don't like is I don't like, and a staff person and I were talking today in the rain about this, uh, I don't like heavy-handed shepherds. And Chris is not that, and I don't think we have those in our, in our ministry generally. I don't like shepherds who think it's their job to micromanage people's lives. I think that is not a good role for a human being. I think that's, I think that you need to look to God for that level of guidance. So I don't want to boss and bully people. So one of the things that, I don't know where I heard this from early in ministry, was instead of telling people the answer, show people the answer. And I have that written in the cover of my little brown Bible. And Chris has it written in the cover of his Bible because he copied me. So, and I got it from somebody else. So it's, we're a brotherhood of thieves. So, yeah, don't tell people the answer. Show people the answer. That accomplishes at least two things. One, if it's not in the Bible, I can't boss you about it. Okay, so the, the limits to my authority have to do with things in the Bible not my preferences or what I think you should do or what I think is a good choice. I mean, it's not about me. You are a person with a competent soul, with an individual relationship with the Lord of the universe. I trust his judgment better than I trust mine. So showing people the answer instead of telling people the answer, number one, gives you boundaries so that you're not micromanaging people and messing with their lives. I think it's a dangerous thing to do. I mean, I'm, I'm very quick to boss you if you tell me, you know, we just really love each other, so we're sleeping together. Well, the Bible's super clear there, so I'm not like, well, I don't want to be heavy-handed about this. 
No, I'll tell you the scripture says that you ought to avoid sexual immorality. It's in the Bible, perfectly clear. One Thessalonians, I'll show you the spot. But when you're thinking like, I don't know if I want to study this or study this, or if I want to pursue this job or this job, I, I don't know what God's will is for you, and neither do you. But God does, so why don't you ask him? And why don't you try to line your heart up with his heart? And so that, that's kind of how I think it. So that's number one. Number two, the thing it does is it, is it reinforces a good habit for people. It, it shows them where they find the answers. Rather than thinking the answers are in other people, uh, the answers are in the book that God gave us. It has all things pertaining to life and godliness, 2 Peter 1. So uh, that's, that's the habit that I've tried to cultivate in our leadership is don't tell people the answer. Don't be a boss. Don't be a bully. Instead, be a shepherd and point people towards the, the chief shepherd, towards, towards Christ, towards his word. So I hope that's what my ministry will look like to you uh, in, in our time together. All right, Austin, we're super excited. Uh, we can't wait to see how the Lord's going to use you here. I look forward to hearing about it from afar. Um, we're very thankful uh, that you've uh, taken this opportunity to serve us and uh, just can't wait. Uh, so can I pray for you as uh, we head into this new era of GOC?